we take hundreds of thousands of pictures every year, on our phone, on our tablets, and on our cameras. And while those moments in time are often meaningful parts of our past, rarely do we feel the need to back up those memories. Why is that? Danny Allen is the CTO of Veeam, and for years he's been asking that same question. On this episode of IT Visionaries, Danny discusses why it's time to take backup solutions more seriously, and why the cloud is not actually a one-size-fits-all solution. Enjoy this episode. IT Visionaries is created by the team at Mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform. This podcast is created by the team at mission.org. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, host of IT Visionaries, and today we have special guest, Danny, what's going on? Not a whole lot. Enjoying the change in weather to the to the summer season here in the U.S. Indeed, as am I. Well, today we are going to be talking about your background and uh, everything that is going on at VM. So let's get into it. How did you get started in technology in the first place? I've always been very curious by nature. And when I was growing up, even as a child, uh, I liked technology. I'd like to understand how it worked. I would use TRS-80s, I guess was my first computer, and then played lots of games on a Commodore 64. But more and more, I became interested in how do computers work? How do these systems that we interact with work? And when I was going to university, interestingly, probably tell from the the accent, Canadian uh, accent, I grew up in Canada, but I was going to uh, university and I was playing around with computer systems and it turned out that I, I found a flaw in a system and I went and explained it to the university and how they could correct it and they hired me. So, um, so I started working for the university, uh, a group called Computing and Communication Services, but really that was driven by this passion that I have to understand how things work. And that has continued through my entire career. Beyond that, so I started working for the university and curiosity got the better of me to not only how do, how do things work, but you know, can I break them? Can I, can I change them? And so I got into the security space and ended up working for a, an application security company called Watchfire. It was later purchased by IBM. But that was very much about curiosity on, can I break the way that this was designed and built? But ultimately, what has driven me through my career to where I am now is understanding how technology works, how we can use it to solve hard problems. So fast forwarding to today, I, I worked for a small startup. I loved it. A company called Watchfire was acquired by IBM, as I mentioned. and. Um, was chief strategy officer there. I played around with how to solve uh, big security problems. And what I learned over time, both at the startup and later on at IBM, is that most of the security issues that existed were not because of technology. They were not because of process, but it was because of people. And I thought, well, is there a way to solve that problem? If it is not a technology issue, but helping 
individuals, organizations, companies be more secure? Is there a way that we can just design security into the system? And so I left IBM and went to a small startup uh, called Desktone. They did cloud-hosted virtual desktops. My, my thought was, if I can secure the environment in which individuals work, then I can take out the challenges associated with the people. I can essentially put bubble wrap around them, make sure that I'm securing their work environment, securing the organization. So went to a company called Desktone. I was the CTO at, at that company uh, for three years. And, and that company was actually purchased by VMware. And VMware, everyone knows, you know, a very large technology company. And again, I, I still have a passion, curiosity, understanding how things work, curiosity around the security space. And that evolved into a realization that where the, the world is going, the industry is going, the world is going, is clearly to one where data drives everything that we do. And so when I was at uh, VMware, an opportunity presented itself to move over to Veeam, which is cloud data management company. And I thought that would be really interesting. I'd love to understand more about how we can leverage the cloud as part of the framework for securing data, for delivering better services to the industry. And so I, I came to Veeam in January of 2017, started interestingly in the cloud group, helping solve some of the, the challenges there, working with our 25,000 what we call Veeam cloud service providers, began engaging quite a bit with research and development, began engaging with a lot of our large enterprise customers. And the opportunity presented itself again, I guess, in early 2020 to take the position of chief technology officer here at Veeam. So it's been a fantastic ride. I feel blessed and fortunate to have uh, had the opportunities that I have. And I always like to give back now to, to folks that I work with, but I'm continued to be excited about what's in front of us, what's in front of Veeam, the problems that we can continue to solve. And so tell me a little bit about your role as CTO. Are you working on like employee success? Are you working closer to the product? What's uh, the scope of your responsibilities? It's really three areas that my group is responsible for. One is certainly communicating with the industry our vision for where we would like to bring Veeam. So on my team, for example, is the, a former distinguished analyst from Gartner and an author of the Gartner MQ around data protection. His name is Dave Russell. Another one is Jason Buffington. He was principal evangelist for Enterprise Storage Group, BSG. Another one is led the, the federal SEs at a, at a competitor, actually. So very much thought leaders, and, and the responsibility of the group in that regard is to communicate our vision for where we want to go. A second core focus for us is communicating that back to research and development. So as you might imagine, I work very closely with product management, probably it's the tightest alignment that my group has at Veeam. Um, is on the product side. So we would work with them to develop the strategy, the long-term vision of, of how we want the product to evolve. So that one is, the first is communicating to the industry. The second is really communicating back from the industry to help influence what we do on the product side. And then lastly, my group is responsible for social engagement. So we're very much engaged on 
you know, Reddit and Spiceworks and all of the community programs we run within Veeam. We run what we call the Veeam Vanguard program, which is our evangelists in the community space. We're very much about involving experts from the industry to collaborate together to help drive some of these solutions. So what does your you know, team look like? Are you organized around those three things? Do you have uh, kind of like hybrid teams or cross-functional teams? How do you look at that? We are very much, the, I describe it, and this is maybe a US analogy, but we are Homeland Defense, we sit at the intersection of marketing and product and sales and support and all these different organizations and facilitate the collaboration and and movement of data. Structurally, the team really has two sides to it. One is what I call the technologist, the global technologist team. Rick Vanover is the the leader of that group, but they would be responsible for taking the technology that exists and using it in new and creative ways to solve problems at a pragmatic, at a technical level. The other side of the team is what I call global evangelists or field CTOs, if you want to use that term. Um, And they would be responsible for being the thought leadership. And so, as you might imagine, that's where the, the formal analysts would sit. So we have both a technical capacity to it and and then a a collaboration or a communication side to it but internally at Veeam we're very cross-functional we we operate across all departments the the group well I I guess I I report directly to our our CEO Bill Largent but we sit at the intersection of all the different groups within Veeam. So recently you have talked about how hybrid cloud might be flawed why do you think that is? Well, you know, everyone says, I, I want to go to the cloud. It's the latest mantra that we hear. And my response to that, I, I always use an expression I heard someone say once. I'm not sure who the, the originator of the statement was, but the cloud is not a charity. The, the cloud layers in margin. So it, it will almost always be cheaper if you have a workload that is running 24-7 through the year to run that on-premises. So it's important to understand why you're using the cloud, not just to jump in both feet and say, I'm going to use cloud because it's what all the cool kids are doing. And so the, cl- the cloud is definitely good for some things. It's good for elasticity, of course. If you need to scale up massive amounts of compute to do machine learning or something, it's good for that. If you need it for disaster recovery is one that we we play with a lot. I speak to a lot of organizations who, in order to achieve disaster recovery in the event of forest fires or floods or locusts or whatever it happens to be, they want to have, they need to have a second data center. And so in the past, the model has always been, well, two data centers, one on active standby. Well, the cloud is very good for that use case for disaster recovery. A third use case might be around geographic footprint. It might be as a CIO that you're not willing you want to test out a market before going all in. So rather than building a data center over in Europe or in, in Asia, you might choose to test the market by leveraging cloud capacity first before you, you move forward. And so there are certainly reasons to leverage the cloud, no doubt, and every executive should be thinking about that. But it's important to understand the why rather than just to jump in because Unlike past technology shifts, 
it's not always going to be cheaper. Virtualization, of course, when we moved from the physical era of servers to the virtual era of servers, there was a definite ROI at a, at a cost level. That's not always true in the cloud. So I always want organizations to better understand the why before they jump in. Yeah, let's go, let's go a little bit deeper into that because I think, you know, there's some interesting uh, kind of nuggets there. So, you know, when you look at something like compliance or, you know, disaster recovery, kind of like you mentioned, like what would be the reason, like what are some of the things that you've seen your peers, uh, you know, make mistakes on when it came to hybrid cloud? One of the most prevalent mistakes that I saw and continue to see, but about five years ago was organizations that said, I'm simply going to lift up my workloads and move them over to the cloud. And actually I was working with a large enterprise in the Midwest of the US just recently where they are pulling back from that. They're repatriating the workloads back on premises because what they quickly learned was that not only did the costs go up, but the subject matter expertise required to do that was very different than the skill set that they already had. And so they were already pulling back from you know, the all-in cloud mentality. Now, that being said, there is use cases for the cloud, as I said, where elasticity comes into place or compliance comes into place or geographic footprint or even just excellence of running a service. And probably the best example of that, and I would argue Veeam leverages hybrid cloud. Almost every organization does with Office 365. It used to be that most organizations would run their own mail server, their own collaboration server. It is proven in the last few years that Microsoft does that better than almost every organization out there. And so, you know, subscribing to that SaaS service to Microsoft uh, 365 is a more economic and a better model for that particular service, not for everything, but for that service. And so we're seeing organizations who go about it thoughtfully where they're actually solving a problem be the ones that are most successful. You recently, well, I guess not super recently, but you recently wrote an article uh, that I thought was was pretty funny. Um, about World Backup Day. <laughs> why do you, uh, you write this? Well, there is this day called World Backup Day. And I think, you know, it, it's kind of a humorous day. I guess there's a day for everything these days. <laughs> world Pizza Day and World Everything this Day. Is like, oh, this was created by someone in IT. Like, the, there's, no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, the, there's no, uh, we, we know who created this day. <laughs> yes. It's, well, it, you know, it, it's lighthearted on one, on one side, but, it, but it's also very serious on another. You would be shocked to know how many customers still either A, ignore backup as a critical step in their process, or B, do it incorrectly. Backup is something that everybody knows about. I, you know, I go back, in my first job, when I worked at the university, I was working, uh, we were upgrading systems at the time. This is back in the days of mainframes and Banyan Vine networks. Um, we were upgrading a, a, a professor's system and we lost about five years worth of research because we made a mistake, but the data also was not backed up. Wow. So everyone knows that you need to do backup. Five years? Five years of research. Wow. So you talk about 
impact <laughs> um, that has had a, a lasting impression on me for sure. So the impact of data, the value of data is well known and yet we don't do it. If you think about, I don't know, the, the pictures on your PC at home, do you back those up? But yet those are the memories of your family or of your children or of, of your life. And yet you find lots of people that ignore that. That happens as well in the enterprise space. And so something like World Backup Day is very valuable just to remind people of the importance of backup. And not only the importance of backup, but doing it correctly. And that couldn't be even more relevant than today where ransomware is a threat. It used to be that we did backup mostly because we worried about hardware failure. The disk would fail, the system would fail, we'd lose the data. In this case, we overrode it for the, for the professor. But now we're facing malicious insiders who get really angry with the company and purposefully delete data. Or we have malicious external forces that come in and, and encrypt the data and demand a ransom. Or, you know, all of these factors come into play. It's not just a I need to be resilient from hardware. That's where the cloud is actually very good. But we're facing malicious actors. We're facing um, different threats today. And so making sure that backup is effectively implemented is you know, step number one for, for organizations. I want to talk specifically about VM a little bit. So you have a motto of uh, make it simple, make it reliable, make it flexible. I'm curious, like when as you joined the organization, and like why were you so excited to join? Like, are these uh, are these pillars uh, things that you know are, are critical for the for the company? And like, why is that stuff important for cloud? Well, the first one is probably the one that resonates the most with me because the enemy of security is complexity. The enemy of protecting data is complexity. If you have a complex process or a complex system for ensuring that that data is well protected, you're going to end up in a, in a bad place. You almost want to take that complexity out of the hands of the user. If I go back to my, you know, the story of putting bubble wrap around the user's desktops to, to protect them. If you can make it as simple as possible, chances are you're going to end up with a better result than a complex system that has more capabilities and more features. And so simplicity of operations, simplicity of implementing policy, that will result in a better outcome than having good software. And so we focus on that, obviously. And, and one of the advantages that we've had there with simplicity is, we started in the lower end of the market to, to essentially take away the complexity of having to understand for, for a user, for example, we can move data. When, you, when you're backing up data, you're moving it from point A to point B. We can move that data five or six different ways. And I'm not going to get into it. People don't probably care, but you know, we can use network mode. We can use hot ad. We can use direct SAN. We, we, iSCSI, fiber channel. We, we can move data many, many different ways. But you want to take that away from the user to say, move it in the most optimal way. Now, if they want to go in and understand the nuts and bolts, they can actually choose. But if you can make the product and workflow simple enough that it does the right thing on their behalf, they end up with a better outcome. And so simplicity from the ground up is something that is intrinsic to our DNA. 
The second has to do with cloud. You mentioned cloud, which is make it flexible. We believe that being software defined and hardware agnostic puts the organization in a better place for the future. The global pandemic that we're in right now probably highlights this better than anything else. We don't know where our businesses are going to be two, three years from now. If you're actually buying hardware, you're locking into you know, a particular model for the next three, four years. And you might go to the cloud, you might go to an edge world or an IoT world. And so being software defined and hardware agnostic means that you can choose the right partner for today, but future-proof the services and your data management for the future. You might choose a partner today in cloud, and then a year from now, you, you want to move to a different partner. Being software-defined and, and hardware agnostic, being flexible helps our customers against lock into a particular system. And then lastly, reliability is again, core to our DNA. Veeam is known as the company. In fact, it was a customer that, that raised this of it just works. The thing that people don't realize, the thing that organizations don't realize is that you don't know what you don't know until it's too late. In other words, it's when your data center was just hit by a flood that you need to make sure that you can recover your data. And, and organizations often don't go through the process of testing on a repeatable standard basis. And so making sure that reliability is a core part of our platform, that you can give proof of that, documentation of that on an ongoing basis, because environments are so dynamic, is an important part of the platform. So everything that we do, we focus on those three things. Make it simple, make it flexible, and make sure that it's reliable. You know, it's so funny uh, in, in thinking about the world backup day and just thinking about backup in general. It is one of those things that is, like you said, we, we barely even back up, uh, you know, the photos of our loved ones and things like that. Um, how do you kind of shift that mindset from, you know, I, I can't do this or maybe it's just like, oh, I'll get to it later to this is a necessity. Because I think, you know, the three pillars that you talked about get to that. If you can make it easier, if you can, you know, reduce barriers to entry, then people might do it. But how do you kind of shift that mindset? The thing that shifts the mindset more, more quickly than anything else, without doubt, is an event, an incident. And so, the organizations that, that are fastest to digital transformation or whatever you want the word to be are those that are impacted by a ransomware event, by a hardware failure, something of that type. The second component of shifting the mindset has to do with, frankly, the regulatory space. They get pushed into it when you see regulations like GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, or CCPA, um, California Consumer Protection Act, or PCI, the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standard. These are all regulatory pressures that force customers to think about protecting data. And so that also will shift the mindset because it becomes a requirement. The organizations that are most successful are those that don't get pushed into it by an event or pushed into it by regulation, but those that it's culturally 
built into we're going to do right by our customers. This is going to be a competitive differentiator. That's not true of every organization, but it's always exciting to us to work with customers who think that way. And as you might imagine, we have, uh, well, we have 375,000 customers more than that now, I guess. Um, and what you'll find are those organizations who, who understand the value of protecting data, but also the potential of that data for tomorrow. And I think we can't underestimate that. The hard problems in the world today, my belief is that data will unlock a lot of those problems, whether it be COVID-19 or climate change or healthcare challenges. My belief and the belief of many organizations is that the power of solving those problems lays in the data that we already have. We just need to unlock it. And so with those organizations, they look at it as a competitive advantage and it is built into the DNA. They look at the data and say, not only do I, how do I protect it? Not only do, how do I automate the protection and the management into my systems, but how can I unleash the power of that data to actually solve big, hard, challenging world problems? We have one customer, Ducks Unlimited is, the, the customer, it's a public reference for us, but they obviously in the climate uh, space, they protect data for 60 years because they don't know how machine learning in the, in the future is going to overlay sets of data from environmental impact, from you know, their weather IoT sensors, from let's say that the, the industry gets together and shares data. What about if the factories started contributing data about their manufacturing processes and, and then you overlay that with, with mapping data? How close is that to these wetlands? So they protect the data for 60 years because their belief is that when we begin to get together, share these data sets, we're going to find new opportunities and innovations at the intersection of the community. Yeah, that's a that's a great customer story and such a cool one because you know Ducks Unlimited is is been at the forefront of you know conservation for a long time. I mean, almost you know eighty years, I think. And it's a and it's a great it's a great lesson that you know so many of us are, are building companies for the long term. But when you have certain types of organizations that need to make sure that 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 data is, is kept. Uh, I remember there was, um, you know, oh gosh, this was, must've been 200 episodes ago when we had Craig Walker, uh, the former CIO of Shell Downstream, that they came across a bunch of data that Shell had had from like the early 1900s and they were able to actually use some of that information. Well, what if, what if instead of like coming across that stuff happenstance that you could actually uh, plan for it a little bit better? It's, it's an exciting opportunity for technology leaders, um, you know, at companies that have been around a long time to figure out, hey, how can we build for the next, you know, decade plus? Yes, absolutely. So I guess um, leaning forward a little bit, what are some things that you're excited about, whether it's for technology, for cloud, for data, you know, in, uh, in, the, in the near term? Well, there's near term and long term. Near term, I... I my passion is is around security so i think how can we you know solve some of these things around security to deliver better outcomes and let me lay out something that you know pretty simple collaboration between different types of companies that we can address and that would be ransomware right now when we do backups you know it's kind of a i'll say it's a 
it's not a dumb way. That's probably the wrong term to use, but we, we just do it. Our policy is based on time. It's a temporal policy. Let me do a backup once a day. And, you know, if we get hit by ransomware, okay, let me roll back to the data that I protected yesterday. Well, imagine a world where you had a sensor on the edge of the network that could observe an intrusion detection system, an intrusion prevention system that could observe malware or anomalous behavior crossing the network. And it says, now is a good time to take a snapshot of the data. Then all of a sudden, rather than losing 12 hours worth of data since your last backup, it's literally seconds. And it may not be that you roll back. It's just you saw anomalous behavior. Now is a good time to take a snapshot. So you, the context of the of the network environment, of the user behavior environment. It might be that I just walked into an office. You saw me badge into an office. Now is a good time to take a copy of the data out of backup, out of cold storage, and pull it down so that the user can access it faster. You know, I'm making things up. But let's use the context of environment to both protect data better, but also to recover data better. So it may be that you automatically roll back to a set of data where the delta change rate, you know, where an encryption library wasn't used to encrypt data. In the case of ransomware, you know, they're, they're using crypto libraries to encrypt the data. Let me roll back to one second before that crypto library was called. And then let me take uh, take a snapshot of that data, make a clean second copy and send it over to the forensics team so that they can become better informed about how the ransomware infiltrated the company and make better policy decisions around how users behaved. So a rather simple example, but you can see how there are possibilities by overlaying security information with backup information with user behavioral information for a better outcome. And, and that's only one possibility. You know, I, I like to think when I walk into an airport, you see all, well, maybe not so much these days, but you know, you see all the destinations that you could go. It's just possibilities. And whether it be security, whether it be healthcare, whether it be pandemic analysis, all of the, the solutions for these problems are in collaboration of data sets across the industry that we just simply need to overlay with one another to unlock better outcomes like better security. I'm curious about, you know, you all have um, recently announced a uh, partnership with Azure and, um, and obviously you're, you're extremely dialed into the cloud ecosystem. Like how do you view those type of, those types of, of partnerships uh, with all the different cloud providers? Each of our relationships with the cloud providers are a little bit different um, because they all bring different capabilities to the table. We have a relationship with the three major cloud providers, as you know, and the three major cloud providers being Amazon AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google Cloud Platform, GCP. All of them are a little different. We did just recently announce the, the deal with Microsoft Azure. We've always been very close to Microsoft because they're very similar in many ways to Veeam. And what I mean by that is they're channel focused, as are we. They're very focused on relationships with the customers and positive outcomes. They've, um, they're very involved, for example, Microsoft people 
associate them with Active Directory or owner owning identity. And everything that we do, of course, around data is usually tied to an individual, to an owner of that data at some level. And so we're just very aligned with them, whether it be on the cloud side of the business, whether it be the enterprise centricity side of the business or, or channel alignment. By the time this airs, our audience will not have the opportunity to check this out, but you are doing a really cool partnership right now with Pure Storage, VM, Intel, Cisco, and some other top partners to bring a Darius Rucker performance to the masses. <laughs> and I was li- I was listening to uh, to to Darius Rucker. Uh, I've actually met him randomly. Um, Wow. Because uh, I was living in South Carolina where, uh, where he went to school um, and uh, huge fan. So tell me, tell me about this, this concert and how this all came about. Well, we have, you know, we have many partners. The ecosystem is important. And I would argue that for organizations that are looking for partners in the technology space, don't look for a technology partner that operates in a silo because the reality is for every organization that it's about the community. It's about your engagement. And this one really comes from our engagement with pure storage. We have, we have integrations, by the way, with over 45 different storage systems. Pure storage obviously is a great partner of ours. We've partnered with them um, with the backup from snapshots with their, you know, with their object storage capabilities, many different levels. We've been very successful. Anyway, they, they have their industry conference and we have, partnered with them in that. And a big part of our cultures, our respective cultures, is not just bringing great technology to the to the forefront, but the culture of having fun. And so as, as part of that industry conference, we're doing an online Darius Rutger show. And even though we can't be there in person, we're excited to, uh, to do it remotely together. I'm definitely going to be watching it. Bummer for our listeners that they they can maybe there'll be a maybe there'll be a recording who knows um, either way I guess you could always just fire up some Darius on uh, on your you know Spotify or platform of choice um, okay let's get into our lightning round questions these questions are fast and easy just like the Salesforce customer 360 platform the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience you can go to Salesforce.com/platform to learn more. We love Salesforce. They've been here since the very beginning and the Salesforce customer 360 platform is the best. So check them out. Lightning round questions. Danny, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what is the best place that you've been scuba diving? Ooh, um, cave diving in Mexico. Uh, Chan Hole, if you want the specific cave that is my favorite. Small hole in Spanish. What? Hobby or skill have you picked up during shelter in place? Uh, Kubernetes. Oh man, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What activity are you looking forward to once, uh, you know, once everything is open back up? Hockey. I grew up in Canada. I love hockey. I've been playing twice a week for the last 40 years and I miss it dearly. (laughs) I know. And we're going straight to the playoffs. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> I'm a Sharks fan, so we will not be going straight to the playoffs. <laughs> Best advice for a first-time CTO? Be curious. Listen to the people around you. 
You'll learn more from listening than you will from speaking. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? Ooh, um, what is the most important component of a successful company? What is it? And the answer to that would be team. Uh, team is far more important than technology. It's far more important than compensation or salary or any of that. The team that you work with will dictate the success of the company. Danny, thanks so much for joining. Uh, this has been awesome. Any uh, final thoughts? Anything to plug? No, just uh, excited to be part of the the podcast. I think it's exciting to share some of the you know the where the industry is going. I'm. I know that we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I'm excited about the possibilities and emerging from this. I believe as an industry, we'll emerge stronger than ever if we focus on the the outcomes, the positive outcomes, rather than um, you know the challenges that we faced on a day to day basis. Couldn't agree more. Take care. Thank you. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com platform.